Welcome to episode 41. Are you somebody that's done a bit of yo-yo dieting in your time? And the longer that you continue to do this, the diets seem to become more and more ineffective and you're just someone that can't be fixed. If you identify with any of that stuff, then you might want to stick around because today I'm talking about the age-old model of weight loss or fat loss being calories in and calories out. And there's still a very large proportion of people on the internet preaching this model. And I'm going to tell you today why we need to change our thinking about this exact thing. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously. So you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? How you doing? Welcome back for another episode. Super excited to have you here. And of course, a big shout out to everybody across the pond. I've got listeners in so many countries now. So, it really excites me to know that sitting here in my office, just recording this podcast all by myself, that so many people will end up hearing this. It's it just it's a good feeling. So, I really thank you for that. And of course, as usual, I hope you've had a green smoothie kind of week. <laughs> um, so, today we're talking about calories in, calories out, the kind of thing that different fitness fanatics and addicts, gym junkies and whatnot preach. They preach about the calorie deficit, calorie surplus. I'm so, so overhearing people throw around these terms that seem to make logical sense 30 or 40 years ago and we now, now know why they don't. But the problem is... Obviously, they haven't listened to this podcast to understand why. <laughs> so, before I get into that, I just want to say a big thank you to you guys because you're all a part of what I'm about to do this week, right? And what I mean is I'm about to go international. Maddie Lansdowne goes international. Uh, so, I've been asked a few weeks ago to speak uh, at multiple days at a business detox event. So, it's called the Ultimate Business Detox and it's all about health and wealth. It's for entrepreneurs and business owners to go and learn about sales, to learn about finance, to learn about marketing, to learn about all of this kind of stuff as well as looking after their own personal health and establishing a healthy culture within their business around their biology and the way they feel and their energy levels and productivity levels. Q, me, that's where I come in. So, I'm super stoked to be asked to be involved in that and it's in Queenstown in New Zealand and I can't wait to go there because believe it or not, at 30 years of age, I have never seen snow, (laughs) right? How crazy is that? Um, Dad, if you're listening, that's your fault. You know it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and the reason I want to thank you guys is because part of my goal this year was to sort of grow myself as a contributor into into this nutrition and food is medicine conversation and be be a real voice in that space. And through my podcast, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, my uh, other talking opportunities, I've obviously grown enough, whilst I'm not an influencer status yet, (laughs) I've obviously grown enough to be attracting these opportunities into my world and I wouldn't be growing if it wasn't for you. So, a big, big thank you. And I can't wait to jump on the plane and head over to just share some knowledge about the biology of stress, the biology of belief, nutrition, um, all of these types of things that you hear me talk about on the podcast. And of course, I'll be introducing them all to the podcast. So, hopefully, they can jump on and listen to this episode and all the others. Anyway, we're going to get into it because calories in, calories out drives me a little crazy, but uh, hopefully today I can release a little bit of that crazy (laughs) onto you in a good way. So, 
What is the problem here? Okay, so we're talking, the problem is calories in, calories out as a model for the way that the human body works. Now, the calories in, calories out idea comes from the simple logic that what goes in must come out, essentially. That's, that's, that's the logic, right? And of course, as it sounds, calories in, calories out, what goes in must come out is a very one-dimensional equation, right? So, it's the assumption that all the food that goes into the body either contributes to the energy that the body requires or it is stored as for any excess or any surplus is stored as fat or any deficit means that the body makes up that deficit by its own body fat, by its own resources. Therefore, in theory, in a deficit, you would lose weight. And so... This is a perfectly logical way to think about things if you don't consider all of the other human variables that exist around the idea of calories in and calories out. So, remember, when we're talking about calories, we're talking about food. We're talking about thing, the, the stuff we put in our body to fuel it, right? And now, so the problem is that this thinking is generations old, generations old, and it's from a time when we just didn't have the resources to understand how complex the human body truly was and how different everybody's health journey is. Because who are the people usually preaching calories in, calories out? Yep, you guessed it. They're usually fit, not just fit, they're usually really ripped, those guys, those men and women that preach the calories in, calories out method or even counting calories. I'll do another episode specifically on counting calories. I'll touch on it a bit here. But the people that usually preach this stuff uh, and this is nothing against them because they obviously have their body in a physical state where that model works. So, calories in, calories out is a really simplistic and overly simplistic way to look at nutrition consumption in the interest of biological gain or reduction if you're looking at weight loss, right? And the problem is that unless you are the perfect specimen of health and the partitioning of the calories that you put in happens exactly, exactly as the textbook that you got this information from says, the textbook from like 1977 <laughs> or whatever predated uh, era it was when this information originated. So, the point is though that unless you're the perfect specimen, the perfect simple equation isn't going to work for you. And thus, we have the last 70 years of fad diets. Now, I did a post today on Instagram about fad diets, and I'm very much a hater of fad diets. I'm all about, and this is the message I share in my public speaking, my Instagram, my, on here with you guys, um, and the same stuff I'm going to share in New Zealand. It's I'm all about sustainable health, and we do that by 1% changes on a frequent basis. We do it with 1% tweak a week. So, I want to talk a little bit further to the problem about the calories in, calories out way of thinking. So, I just want to point out some some stuff to you that um, is super obvious once somebody points it out to you, right? It's pretty basic stuff. So, once I share it with you, you'd be like, oh, of course. How didn't I even think of that? Um, so, the thing with the calories in, calories out is that we operate on a 24-hour window, right? Now, think about the part of your body that understands what 20, the word 24-hour means, it's just your conscious brain, right? Your conscious brain is the only thing that is governed by a 24-hour window. The, your biology, your body, your subconscious mind, your, your lungs, your arms, your blood, 
that does not know anything about 24 hours in a day. So why is it with the calories in, calories out model, do we restrict that thinking to a 24-hour window? It makes no sense, right? Because there's no reset button that when you're asleep, you sleep through midnight and then just somebody just goes, there we go. All right, we're back to zero. When you wake up, start again. As if the calories from the day before get emptied out through, you know, your back end or something while you're asleep and you just you, you start fresh the next day. It's just ludicrous thinking to think that the calories that you ate the day before are not in some way being utilized for energy and nutrients today right? So, we do this calories in, calories out thinking on a daily basis. Count your calories, count your macros, make sure you document them, put them into your app. Oh, shit, today I'm at a deficit. I haven't eaten enough. Tomorrow, oh, I've eaten too much. And we, we get so manic. And those people that have control issues and are a bit OCD, they love this shit. They love being so in control. But the problem is that biologically, they're not in control. That's the point. That's why this doesn't work for most people, unless you're already in that super elite fit category. And most people can't maintain or sustain that life lifestyle unless you that is your work or you know, you're a YouTuber that makes millions of dollars out of being that way. But most people aren't actually aiming for that. Thus, this equation doesn't work for most people. When it comes to weight loss, right, and weight gain, what is the thing that we, we use as a unit of measurement in regards to the time in which this journey takes? It's a week. So, we, we talk about calories in, calories out over a 24-hour period, yet we talk about weight loss or weight gain over a week, right? See how this doesn't really work, right? So, we're looking at the, the biological outcomes in seven-day period, yet we're looking at the fuel input and output within just 24-hour windows. And we're considering that seven times more than we're considering the weight loss or weight gain movement, right? So, my first suggestion for anybody that does calories in, calories out is you need to shift the calories in, calories out 24-hour way of thinking and move it to a week, okay? Because the week is much more accurate and it, and it should be about calories in, calories out over a week, right? So that, that you're starting to line up your metrics of success and your metrics of measurement so that you can start getting a far more accurate bit of information. Now, the studies are starting to really show that it does matter over a period of time how many calories you eat or how much of a calorie deficit you're in or a surplus over a period of time. But 24 hours is far too short to, to make these considerations, right? You might go out on the weekend or have family over for Christmas and you don't want to be obsessing about these things. You want to enjoy yourself guilt-free because if you're not guilt-free and you're starting to freak out, you're starting to develop food, uh, food disordered eating and food issues, food psychology issues, and that's not healthy either, right? So, the idea is that we can utilize windows of deficit maybe later in the week so that we can therefore eat normally or eat appropriately for the environment that we're in earlier in the week. Now, obviously, there's a there's a boundary for this as well where that becomes disordered. You can't just binge on Monday and just say, oh, well, I'll fast tomorrow and just go in this unhealthy back and forth yo-yo. That's still yo-yo dieting, right? But the idea is that you buy yourself a little bit of freedom by looking at it over a week and understanding that the body does not have a, a 24-hour window locked onto it and it is, it is not restricted by the things that you think about. And what I mean by that is the fact that it's been 24 hours, the fact that mentally you know you're in a deficit or that you know you're in a surplus. Okay, so that's that's one big problem with that. Now, the other thing is, the other big problem is that nutrient partitioning is not 
a basic equation. It's exceptionally complex, right? When you consume a particular food full of different nutrients, some of those nutrients go to muscle building. Some of those nutrients go to um, your colon to clean it. Some of those nutrients um, and fuel sources go towards operating your lungs more successfully. And some of it go to removing bad tissues and bad cells in your body and detoxification processes. And I've just listed a handful. It actually These things actually go to thousands of different things. If you have a high magnesium food, right, there's magnesiums involved in hundreds of different metabolic functions and uh, repair functions in the body. So, the calories in, calories out model would only suggest that this fuel goes in to either build the body or break the body down, okay? And that's just not the case because people say, as long as you're in a deficit, you're going to lose weight. And then other people say, as long as you're in a surplus, you're going to gain muscle, okay? And this also suggests that every calorie is equal. There's also um, people out there, and in my opinion, these same people also happen to already be ripped and already have abs and already be living these lifestyle, but they say, it's all about calories. You've just got to get calories in. Doesn't matter where they come from. It's just about the number. Get more calories in, rah, rah, rah. And the problem with that is, if you build a house of cards, guess what? As soon as the wind blows, it's going to fall over, right? So, if you build a house of bricks and stone and mortar, then it's going to be solid. And it's the same with your muscle and it's the same with your immune system. It's the same with your gut lining. If you build this body with, uh, you know, protein powders and chocolate and ice cream and shitty food and pizza and stuff like that, you're building a house of cards. You're building a house of cards in your body and therefore, it's not going to be resilient to all of these types of things. Therefore, the suggestion again with calories in, calories out is that whatever you eat is just going to contribute to the muscle growth or muscle loss or the fat loss rather of your body is ridiculous because if you put in toxic foods, remember I've said this on the podcast before, the, there's, the body treats anything you put into it as through the mouth, through the gut um, as either nutrition or toxin, right? And if you're putting food that is loaded with toxins in, guess what? Your body is going to go into detox processes, which is not contributing, which, are, which means those calories or a bunch of those calories are not going to go towards muscle building. Some of them will, but they'll also go towards free radical production and damage of your cells and increase in inflammation, which is going to increase the likelihood of all sorts of problems in your body, as well as be more problematic for the weight loss phase. This also goes without mentioning that calories in, calories out does not acknowledge hormonal differences. So, most of the people that are trying to lose weight are what? They've got hormone dysregulation from here to Sunday. You know, like insulin, people that are overweight have massive insulin issues and they also have leptin receptor issues in their brain because they've damaged the hypothalamus, usually from a high sugar diet, which means they're not receiving full signals. So, they don't feel full. And guess what? That results in people binge eating because they don't feel full, which then plays into the fact that they feel shameful and they feel disappointed in themselves. And it's just... I'm sure you're getting the point by now. (laughs) The point is calories in, calories out does not factor in all the important variables that actually matter when it comes to losing weight or gaining muscle if you're not already a picture of perfection, right? So, it makes total sense, I should add, that people think this way because if you're not nutritionally educated and beyond that, because a lot of nutritionally educated people talk about calories in, calories out, if you're not hormonally educated or if you're not biologically educated, then it makes total sense that you're unaware of the other complexities of this basic equation. 
So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. And the the way that I like to explain it in some of my public speaking is that and, you know, there might be some uh, millennials on here or some younger people that don't remember what a coal train is. So, it's literally a train that is, it's like a, a wood fire, right? You've got to put wood in it for the fire to burn, like a coal train. In order for the train to run, the more coal that you shovel in, the hotter the fire burns, the faster the train goes. And the op- in the opposite direction, the lower the amount of coal you put in, the smaller the fire, the slower the train goes. The human body is not a coal train. It's not just about what you put in equals the instant single variable result. And in this context, that is fuel equals speed, right? That's not the case for the body. It's not just food equals muscle growth or calorie deficit equals fat loss because you've got hormonal dysregulation that might be causing the body to hold on to fat cells. Like individual fat cells have their own inflammatory response and anti-inflammatory response to their own microenvironment. You can't account for that in a calories in, calories out model because it doesn't even consider the food. We're talking about the fat cells by themselves, right? So, the point is that if you are counting calories, you need to do it over a week. Okay, and you need to be okay with understanding that it's a fluctuation. Generally, being in a calorie deficit for weight loss is going to be a good thing. Yes, you can be in too much of a deficit and you can damage your basal metabolic rate. And that's the thing with yo-yo dieting. And I want people to realize this, that um, when you reduce your calories severely, your body compensates by slowing down the metabolic rate. It's, It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And therefore, guess what? You go on this diet where with 1,200 calories or some stupidly low number as an overweight person and your body responds as it's meant to. Your body, your body is meant genetically designed to adapt to these situations because guess what? It doesn't want you to die. <laughs> so, this is a good thing that your body has this capacity, but we've got to work with it in order to lose the weight. But So, you're an overweight person, you reduce calories drastically, body compensates, slowing the metabolic rate down. That's normal. That's good. But then, of course, you go off the diet because it doesn't work. You're like, oh, I haven't lost any weight. It's been two weeks, four weeks. It doesn't seem to be shifting. You're like, why? I'm eating next to no calories. I'm even, I'm, I'm working out more. So that your body's, your body's got a higher demand for energy, but you're putting less food in. So the genetics are playing out in a way that means it's 
It's trying to be as smart as possible with distributing this energy so that you don't then die, right? You don't then starve yourself to death. So, yo-yoing after you've gone off the diet because this has happened and then you're like a few months later, you're like, right, I need to lose this weight. I've gotten even bigger because you've slowed the metabolic rate down and then gone back to normal eating. So, you've gained even more weight. You do do another diet, repeat the same process. This yo-yoing back and forward, diet, not diet, calorie restriction, calorie surplus for for months at a time and back and forth means that your basal metabolic rate becomes resistant to this process and then just permanently stays broken or permanently stays really slow whilst you just continue to pile in massive amounts of food. And even when you do restrict your food, it, it then just sits at normal. Even when you do go back down to 1,200, 1200 calories, your, your body kind of says, all right, we're familiar sitting here. This is, uh, this is normal, which is not weight loss, right? You've just trained your basal metabolic rate to be normal there, right? So, you, you feel like you're cutting down your input, which you are, but from a basal metabolic rate standpoint, your body is like, oh, okay, we're comfortable here because you've damaged it over time and it's permanently slowed down. The calories in, calories out model does not factor in yo-yo dieters and people with histories of dieting, which is fine. Like, don't feel judged in any way, especially by me. Like, we're all victims of marketing and seeing people on Instagram and even most yo-yo dieters are damaged from the the 70s, 80s and 90s, you know? Like, that was a time where we saw stuff in a magazine and we're like, I want to look like that. This again, a super fit, healthy person says, or a doctor, because they had such privileged status back then, would say one thing and then you'd go and do it. And again, because you're an individual, you have your own hormonal journey, you've got your own metabolic story, it wouldn't work for you. And thus begun back then. And the same thing happens now with it's just on Instagram, it's not magazines anymore. And it just begins that yo yoing effect, that slow, progressive damage of your basal metabolic rate. And therefore, you might be super overweight, you might be 45, having, you know, or 50 or 60, surrendered to your situation years ago because you've tried so many diets and then you get a wind of motivation and you're like, all right, that's it. This, I'm sick of this shit. I'm just going to commit. And then the same thing happens. You commit and it doesn't work because you've damaged your basal metabolic rate for so long. And the point is that starting a new diet that is based around calories in, calories out, how much you eat versus how much you don't eat is not going to be effective. So, enough explaining the problem. (laughs) I'm sure you get the problem, right? So, what should we do instead? What should we do instead? So, like I said before, one thing we need to do instead is introduce the concept of calorie counting over a week. If you calorie count at all with my clients, I do not calorie count because it's not sustainable. I'm all about sustainability. Sometimes, uh, you know, there might be a time in the future where I need to introduce that depending on the individual client, but my approach is always about sustainability. And unless you're going to be on stage or unless you're looking to actually be focused, a a a big portion of your life be focused on your physique, then I do not think counting is sustainable, nor does it factor in enough variables for us to put that much amount, that amount of focus onto it. I've got a few things here you can do instead, okay? So, obviously, you hear me talk about it all the time. So, intermittent fasting is going to be number one. Interestingly as well, there was um, a, a meta-analysis, a comparison of weight loss uh, among named diets, so common diets uh, in overweight and obese adults in 2014. They did a meta-analysis of a bunch of different studies. And that's that meta-analysis concluded that the differences were small and unimportant between all these diets, right? And the the advice from this study was the the best diet is the one adhered to, right? You hear me talk about this all the time. So, 
intermittent fasting schedule. Why? Because we're introducing a, a variable in the fasting window that starts to acknowledge and deal with some of the hormonal stuff, all right? And that's uh, super important for anybody that's overweight. They're definitely, almost, well, I won't say 100%, but almost always going to have some serious hormonal dysregulation. So, introducing a fasting window done correctly and under supervision will result in starting to address the hormonal component. It also kind of inherently does acknowledges a calories in, calories out uh, notion because you're restricting the window. But the idea of intermittent fasting is not to restrict calories. It's just to move the calories into a specific window. But because most people like snacking and just kind of end up drinking or eating calories they don't realize, it inherently results in a bit of a deficit compared to usual compared to usual. Um, Another good one that I um, found really useful, and I found this on YouTube uh, years ago now, but it was to rotate your carbs and fats at each meal. So, the the reason we love fast food is because they designed the bliss point, the perfect mixture of sugar, fat, and salt. It's literally, they studied it. Scientifically, they studied it with brain scans, the bliss point, and that's what they do with Macca's hash browns and donuts. And the point is, though, that if you rotate the carbs and fats at each meal that you have, so you have, say, protein and carbs in this meal and the carbs, remember, when I talk about carbs, I'm talking about veggies, I'm talking about healthy carbs, um, it means that you're further away from creating your own bliss point, right, on your own plate. So, the the way that we really enjoy carbs is with some fat and the way that we love fats is with a bit of carbs. So, if you're actually separating these things from your meals, you're more you're less likely to overeat because you'll get you'll get sick of what you're eating. Your nutrient receptors will be like, "Yeah, we're done with this. It's, you know, we're not getting too much out of it mentally because there's no bliss point. Not that you can really get a manufactured bliss point out of a home-cooked meal. but So, the idea is that you avoid that, right? So, um, protein and your veggies or you, the next meal you might be your protein and some avocado, avocado and coconut and nuts so that you, you're separating out these and it actually makes it less palatable, still beautiful. I, I actually eat like this quite regularly and it's still beautiful, healthy, natural food, but you're just not my, my plates are much smaller. My portions are smaller. Um, not that I'm trying to lose weight, but it, it's just what happens because it's less palatable and you're not combining these flavors and, and attempting to move towards a bliss point where you just gorge on this yummy food. And, and you know, whilst calorie value is really important and, you know, a calorie from a donut is nowhere near the same as a calorie from an avocado, still having an excess of healthy calories if you're not trying to gain weight, is something that should be noted. Um, Now, something else is to remove all liquid calories completely. That's a super easy way to just remove some calories out of your diet and contribute to your weight journey, your weight loss journey. Now, whilst this is still talking about the calories in, calories out model, this is just an easy way to not have to count, to not have to worry about what's going in, what's going out. Um, And another super easy strategy to not have to count calories um, and be mindful of what you're eating is to eat out less often and literally plan those meals. I do it with my clients. I get them to plan their meals and figure out, yep, this one, this one, this one in, in the week, whatever it is. That they're non-negotiable going out, it's date night, you know, I do this with my wife, it's important to me or my family comes over or we do this or, you know, that, whatever it is. Um, because guilt and shame need to be removed from this equation. We're not going to get a healthy outcome if these things are in there. So, these are just a couple of little tips that you can do instead of having to worry about calories in, calories out. And the important thing is that I'm really big on the week thing. Like, you know, using fast, like you might have a, a big couple of days unintentionally and as long as you've got a healthy relationship with food and fasting, then you can be like, right, you know, a couple of days I'm going to go fast and there's a bunch of studies showing that if you, you know, have fast once a week or do a couple of day fast, um, 
you know, once a quarter, that you can have some really good benefits. And theoretically, if we're talking about the calories in, calories out model, over time, it actually kind of balances out to equal, right? Um, Depending on the context of the individual, of course, of course. So, I hope that I've successfully explained today on on today's episode why the calories in, calories out way of thinking is just far too simple and is kind of irrelevant for people with hormonal dysregulation, which is going to be any listener, any of you guys that is overweight. Okay, And I really do think the calories in, calories out model and calorie counting in order to keep up with that needs to happen over a seven-day period because that's the metric that we use to measure weight gain or muscle gain um, and that we, sh- we need to stop thinking that at midnight every, every single day that <laughs> our body just resets itself and we're back to square one every day. Um, and, and the really important thing I want you to remember is a calorie is not a calorie. If for the calories in, calories out model worked, they would be of equal value, okay? You, any, any calorie could go in and would be proportionally distributed throughout the body to its nutrient partitions and every calorie that went into the body would be split up equally. But it's not true. The calories you get from a, um, you know, you get 10 calories from an avocado, 10 calories from a carrot, 10 calories from uh, a piece of pork. They're going to be partitioned differently. Not only do they have different nutrients in them, there's many overlapping nutrients in those, by the way, but they're going to be distributed differently. They're going to be useful differently. They're going to be require different expenditure, metabolic expenditure by the body to be broken down in the gut in the first place before they're even spread in the body. And remember as well, the body has proportion has priority distribution with almost anything. So, it's going to go to the places that need it most. And guess what? If you're busy starving yourself or messing with your metabolic rate, where does your body going to think that it needs it the most? In the fat stores, right? So, you um, you need to be doing the right thing by your body, by your fat cells, by your hormones. Um, and remember too that it's, it's, it's actually not a crazy thing if you have a trainer or a nutritionist or anything that might actually increase your calories, okay? Because that's becoming quite a common thing because a lot, especially um, for women that are trying to lean down, like the idea of increasing calories um, is actually becoming important in managing weight loss, okay, which is, I'll talk about that on another episode as well. But I know it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but don't feel like that's a foreign concept if that comes up with you and your practitioner, because you might need more of the good stuff in there because your body is prioritizing fat storage. So, you need to get over that hump, right? You need to satisfy the fat stores with healthy food, which means less stuff goes to fat storage and then deal with the other stuff. The other big thing I just quickly want to mention before I wrap up that the calories in, calories out model does not address is, especially if you're overweight, this is an issue, right? Inflammation. Inflammation negatively affects nutrient partitioning, okay? It damages that process or it affects that process in a ne- negative way and it affects your basal metabolic rate because you've got that inflammation is a sign in the body that there's problems going on, there's damage, there's things that need to be dealt with. And therefore, if you've got inflammation in the body, you know, maybe you've got illness, disease, you've got too much weight on your body, you've got underlying issues, hormonal dysregulation, skin problems, whatever type of immunological problem that you've got in the body, whether and too much fat can be an immunological problem, then inflammation is increased, which also negatively affects it. So, I'm going to wrap this episode up. I thank you guys so much for being here, as always. Um, also, Thanks again for um, a big shout out to Trish and Serena for getting me in on the Ultimate Business Detox this week. If you keep an eye on my Instagram and my social media, you'll see me out there in the snow doing some talks, doing some meeting some great potential clients. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, but 
I will do a follow-up episode to this at some point in the future so that we can have a positive conversation about where to move forward from this, okay? So remember, calories in, calories out, and not getting the right numbers is not the end of the world, okay? You are a human. You are an individual that has a psychological journey and a metabolic past, right? And these are all important factors that are not considered when talking about the calories in, calories out model. So whichever personal trainer you follow online that just rants about calorie deficit or Calorie surplus, know that I hear you and that there's a few more things to the equation. I should say, as much as I've been hating on calories in, as much as I've been ranting about calories in, calories out being a problem, there is absolutely benefits to doing it if you do it right and consider the other variables. I think it's super beneficial for people to start making themselves aware of the kind of calories that are in individual foods. Now, that comes with another conversation. There's been studies that show that there can be an up, there can be up to a 90% inaccuracy rate for the calories that you predict to be in a food. But it's good to start getting a general idea. This is another reason that I don't like calories in, calories out because the apps that we use just simply, well, number one, the way that they determined how many calories in a food is in a single food is just a ridiculous single variable conversation. And additionally to that, it just doesn't factor in the difference in food, the difference in soil that they grew in, the difference in the nutrient content in that individual thing, the density of the calories in that individual food. So it is, it whilst calorie counting can be a very useful tool to get a very general idea, it really is an inaccurate method if we're going to be scientific about, about it. But it's still one of the only standards that we have for measuring our nutritional and caloric and caloric intake. So used in the right way, considering all the other variables, it really is a useful tool when done correctly. But as I said, it's actually not one that I use with my clients. Uh, I feel like the kind of people I work with, there's a lot more to deal with and there's a lot more important variables to address way before we're counting calories. All right, guys. Thanks so much for being here. I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye for now. See ya. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional. Thank you.